Schwab Advisor Services is proud to support the RIA Edge podcast and equally proud to support independent financial advisors like you. In a challenging year, how did 68% of firms surveyed in Schwab's RIA benchmarking study meet or exceed their new client goals? By following key success factors, such as leveraging new technology, adapting strategies to win new business and stay connected with their clients, while also attracting and developing the right talent. The Schwab RIA benchmarking study is just one of many ways they provide you with the insights and resources needed to succeed and grow. Get the full picture at advisorservices.schwab.com. All right, and welcome to the RIA Edge podcast. We are here on location at the Schwab Impact Conference with over 5,000 registrants and 2,000 advisors, RIAs on hand here. Hands down the largest impact and the largest event in our space. And one of the topics that's been on the agenda today and throughout the week, human capital, talent management, and human, and human capital development. And I couldn't think of a better person, better firm to go deeper on that subject with than Brandon Kaywald, Principal at Advisor Growth Strategies. Brandon, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Mark. Yeah, you guys have done a tremendous amount of work. Your partner, John Fury, was presenting earlier today, one of the best sessions that I think I've sat in on while I've been here today. And John really went deep on a lot of the things that I think keep firm owners up at night and they don't really have the answers to a lot of the questions, yeah. right, that John was asking. So on the subject of talent, let's start with retention and satisfaction. John talked about quiet quitting, yeah. right? What is it and what it, why is it important for advisors to understand? Yeah, well, I think the, the first thing has become quite the buzzword, right? Uh, quiet quitting, you know, it's become something, you know, sort of post-pandemic and, and over the last... Uh, several years is now, you know, the new iteration of, of challenges in the labor force. But I think what it really sort of distills down to for us and when we see it in the wealth management industry, it's lack of engagement. And, and it's really employees making the decision that whether it's an incentives issue or it's just a happiness issue, they're going to do the bare minimum, mm -hmm. um, sometimes even less, and, you know, just kind of get through it. And, and I think that in a, in a market like ours, and, and one of the reasons we wanted to really address that topic in, in John's session today was, you know, it, we're already at a, in a challenging time for labor in the RA space, yep. in the wealth management space. I think other industries feel it too, but we're, we're definitely, it's something, it's a huge topic here at the conference. It's, it's something our clients are bringing up routinely and, and quiet quitting is, is a factor there because it's hard enough to find good people, keeping them engaged and, and keeping them motivated and productive is, is quite another issue. And, and so I think it's something our industry has probably felt for a while, yeah. uh, but now it's got a catchy terminology around it. And here we are, you yeah. know, it, it's the, it could be the new phenomenon that the industry faces. I'm glad that you guys have addressed it because I think a couple of years ago, we were doing some research and we found that there were actually more employees than there were owners in the RIA industry, which is sort of an incredible thing when you think about it. And where you're seeing this sort of lack of engagement tends not to be at the owner or the partner level, right? right. It could be the G2, it could be the operations roles, like the people that are, don't have equity, the people that aren't properly potentially incentivized yeah. right, to perform. So with that, I mean, what are some things that if I'm running a business, I'm running into this issue where I have people who may not be engaged, right? You know, minimum, not as engaged as I am in yeah. growing the firm. What are a handful of things that they can do to create engagement that ultimately leads to growth and performance? Yeah, I, I think there's, uh, I think there's a couple. Because you're right. I mean, a lot of the, the sheer amount of scale and, and sort of growth we've seen in our industry 
has really led to a number of these firms building out their teams. And, and now you do have this ratio of far more support and non-owner employees than, than principals. And in fact, just as an aside, I mean, we, we look at it from the, the sheer replacement cost it's going to take from an M&A perspective or succession standpoint. And there's real questions on how achievable that is mm-hmm. because the number of, of owners and principals that need to be replaced over the next decade is, is astounding. But, yeah. that, you know, so, so what can owners really do about that? And I bring that up because it feeds into this. Is it, The first thing is creating a growth, an engaged growth culture. This is going to feed into incentives, but, you know, it's nobody wants to work for a firm that's static. Sure. You know, and, and, and really what that boils down to is a static firm that, is not investing in growth and, and creating a challenging environment for employees is not creating opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. It's not creating opportunity for growth, sure. for career development. And, and, and you see that. They have choice. They have somewhere to go. The, the second thing I would say is really looking at incentives in a very different way. You know, when you think about it, specifically cash compensation, it, it's not enough anymore. And, and John really stressed this in his session. I think it's, it's something we're stressing as a business. It's not enough anymore to say um, I'm within benchmarks or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm paying around what I think is fair. How you're paying people and how you're engaging them through cash compensation is critical. You yeah. know, really is that, you know, they're rewarding their contributions to the business, rewarding the growth of the business overall and, and really rewarding shared success as well as individual productivity and, and contribution. It, it's going to be more and more um you know, critical as we as we go through it, because there are firms that are out there, and, and this is the the emergence over the last you know sort of five seven years. There are firms out there, and you know, also, you you can point them out. John talked about Mariner Wealth, yep. right? A firm like that, a firm like CapTrust, Beacon Point, really a lot of the big firms that are typically associated with acquisitions and buying businesses. They're they're also investing heavily in in human resources. Talent they have to be. Right? They're going out and finding talent in creative ways. Other industries, advisors, you know, just recruiting and, and bringing people in, and uh, they're they're doing that to perpetuate a growth culture that they've created. But they've they've also laid out a vision. This is where we're going, and we want you to help us get there. Right. So I would say that that's a very important dynamic. If, if, even if you don't want to be the 10, 20, 30, 50 billion dollar firm, the creative plannings that are out there, mm-hmm. you know, going after it really hard. You do need to be thinking about what you're offering that's unique, distinct, yeah, different. They're creating the market. Yeah, right? that they're, they're setting the they're setting the tone out there, and and it's not just because they're writing checks or offering equity or buying these businesses. They're they're going out and developing real propositions mm-hmm. for, for human capital and for, for talent. The third thing is, I think long that's a short term aspect. The third thing that I, I think owners have to think about is the long term aspects of an employee's future, and part of that's development. Part of that's investment on the business side, investing in training, development. John cited a stat. He's right. We see very small budgets for training and education yeah, for most firms, if yeah. any. Um, and and when you go to larger firms, they're they're putting money into that. Right? Yeah. And, and and those those budgets should be not prohibitive to the business's success, but it should be significant. Where yeah. an employee feels they can go out and get certifications, they can go out and take classes that are, you know, get a leadership coach, mm-hmm. whatever it is that helps that person along. That goes a long way. But the other aspect of it is equity yep. and, and thinking about what is the long-term incentive from a financial standpoint, but also just a, a 
fulfillment standpoint that's available in your business. Um, there's still a, a, a shocking amount of firms that really don't offer equity much. Yeah. Uh, maybe they get kind of pushed into it. Uh, maybe they did it once. You know, they're not really doing it in a systematic way. Uh, whether that's true equity, phantom equity, it doesn't really matter. Something that goes beyond the year in and year and, out. And the teams are asking for it. There, yeah. It's not as if it isn't becoming more and more of an issue. And I yeah. can appreciate a lot of the work that you're doing and that John is doing is helping them figure out what's the right way to do it, yeah. not if I should be doing it. Yes, right? that's right. Um, you, you mentioned a couple of things I wanted to pick up on. One, I love the fact that you use the term contributors, right, as opposed to overhead expenses, right, right, which right, a lot of yeah. people can fall into. <laughs> yep. I think language matters in a big way. But I, you also, you mentioned Mariner, right? And I find it interesting, John mentioned that Marty Bicknell has been doing a lot of acquisition to really drive the talent acquisition strategy, not just to gather assets. Um, I, I love that, and I think that it, it's good for the industry. One major question that I have is, every event that we do when we say, who's looking to add talent, everyone raises their hand. Then you start to go deeper and you say, well, where, where are you sourcing this talent from? And the only answer you really get is from the person sitting next to me, right? right? Yeah. That's not sustainable, no. right? That doesn't lead to growth. So as you're thinking about you know, companies you work with, a lot of RIAs that are looking to hire and add positions, where should they be thinking in terms of talent pools, right? Expanding their vision, their point of view. What are some recommendations from you, just places that they should look that are not the RIA next door. Yeah, I, I think it's a, I, I'm glad you drilled into that because I do think that, you know, the firms like Mariner and others that are, are very prominent acquirers, they'll, they'll say it, you know, Mercer, all, all of them are saying it publicly. We, we want to acquire talent. It's mm -hmm. part of our talent acquisition strategy. And I do think the, the current market is getting to a place where we're seeing this convergence of business management and sustainability in M&A, yeah. where as more and more sellers come to the market, a lot of these buyers will say, yeah, if you don't have a, a bench or a, a strong team or a team that we really would love to have in the business, we're just going to move on. Right. And I think, you know, that really sets up kind of what you're asking, which is, I, I think they're looking everywhere for talent. Yeah. I think these firms are looking at M&A, recruiting out of other channels that are not RAs. I also think they are looking outside the industry, yeah. you know, frankly, for... You know, and it, depending on the size of firm, certainly those firms need really big talent, you know, within their corporate ranks and their executive ranks. Well, you, you know, a CMO, is, you know, you it's might be able to find a yep. chief marketing officer or you can find, you know, we were talking, I was having a conversation earlier, chief people officer, yeah. HR. Yeah. Those don't necessarily have to come from inside exactly our industry, right. right? So, and I also think one that doesn't get discussed enough, and, and this is, we're as guilty of this as any, and this comes from a firm, uh, another firm that John mentioned in his presentation, Abacus Wealth Firms, where yeah. they're, they're also doing that. They're looking for career changers. They're looking for people coming that want to get into the wealth management industry that maybe need the training and, and yeah. uh, mentorship to do that. But they're also going to universities and they're yeah, looking 100%. to um, and they're looking to do that in very unique ways where they're, they're, they're leading with a diversity and, and inclusion we're particularly looking for diverse candidates, yep. career changers, diverse scholarship programs that they're participating in. Lots of things that, you know, lots of different angles to bring really talented people mm -hmm. into the industry. And I think the thing that we don't talk about enough is for a lot of these founders, look to some of the larger institutions that support you. Yep. You know, we're here at Schwab Impact. Schwab is investing an untold amount of money into bringing young college students. Hundreds of students. Here. Yeah, hundreds yep. of students yep. here. 
Um, another, you know, another firm that's here that I, I'm familiar with, BlackRock, yep. you know, that we have a great partnership with. They have an entire program built around engaging the next generation mm-hmm. of leadership, bringing kids. It, 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 and I say kids, like I'm not that old, but you know, bringing young talent to this industry. Yeah. Say, you know, whether doesn't matter if it's asset management, wealth management, bringing them to helping people with their financial lives. And I think there are options. The challenge has been it's been this way for a while. You know, we t- uh, I t- you know I talked about it years ago because I view myself as part of the next gen in this industry. Yeah is there's no central resource for this. No, it's not like so, accounting. Yeah, right? firms have to go, you gotta, you have to work at it. You yep. have to say, you know, you need to look in unique places, you need to go put in the work. Talent's not gonna flock to you, yep. young or mid-career, yep. because of what you do. And, and I'm not saying that as a knock, it's just the truth, right? Yep. We're, we don't work for Instagram or what, you know, we're the next great tech movement, you know, and there's things that are catching young, talented people's eyes. Yeah. And, and we so you have to work at it. And I think I'm glad you mentioned the students. I talked to a couple earlier. And if our listeners aren't familiar with Texas Tech and William Patterson and Utah Valley State, these are schools that have programs that are dedicated PFP, CFP programs with 100, 200, 300 students. Yeah. Right. So it's not a massive pool. Right. Right. But there are thousands of people coming out of these programs in a given year. And that can support the advice needs. Your point around marketing or human capital management. You can source that almost anywhere. Right. Um, and we've seen that they've actually been, in some instances, really effective because when you look at marketing, they're bringing a completely different perspective yes. to the table, right? Yeah. So sometimes we just need to get out of our box. Yeah. Right. And it's okay to not feel okay. It's, yeah, that's right. To get yeah. comfortable being uncomfortable. So I appreciate yeah. that recommendation. Well, and I and I think it, it, it does, it, it really speaks to, you know, what, what you want your firm to be, yeah. you know, and, and, where, and where you want it to go. And I think one of the big tones that we're hearing in the market is, it, it all said in my words, is sustainability, multi-generational mm-hmm. sustainability. Same thing advisors are talking about with their clients and their wealth is, is showing up in their businesses uh, and having to kind of make that choice and, and, and really lay the groundwork for if you want your firm to go second, third generation. Some firms have done it and they've, and they've done it well. It, it takes a lot of elbow grease. To, yeah, you know, definitely. And, and, uh, and the M&A market, while it's very robust and uh, it's a, it's an option for succession and we participate in that, it's a, uh, you know, there, there are real question marks of if there's enough capital today and if there's enough just bandwidth today from large buyers that are, that are doing multiple deals a year to effectively absorb the amount of transitions yeah. we're going to see. And, and we survey each year, and half of the advisors we speak with are not, no part of MA. Yep. You know, so those that half or more that doesn't want to engage in it is going to have to take these things yeah. very seriously. It's a very, very fragmented industry, as you mentioned. So I appreciate you taking your sort of macro view, right. giving us the landscape, but also being very specific and very practical. I think we're coming up on, I see people walking around with tacos, and yeah. I have to get some yeah. Tex Mex, some proper food here. But Brandon, right. thank you very much for spending time stopping by the podcast and for sharing your point of view on human capital and talent development. Great. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Mark. It was great. All right. And thank you to everybody for pressing play on the RIA Edge podcast. I'm Mark Bruno, head of the Wealth Management Group at Informa Connect. And we're looking forward to having you all on the next episode of the RIA Edge podcast. Thanks, everyone. Schwab Advisor Services is proud to support the RIA Edge podcast and equally proud to support independent financial advisors like you. 
In a challenging year, how did 68% of firms surveyed in Schwab's RAI benchmarking study meet or exceed their new client goals? By following key success factors, such as leveraging new technology, adapting strategies to win new business, and stay connected with their clients, while also attracting and developing the right talent. The Schwab RAI benchmarking study is just one of many ways they provide you with the insights and resources needed to succeed and grow. Get the full picture at advisorservices.schwab.com.